Hello and welcome back to the Backstreet Boys and Girl podcast. I'm Bayo. I'm Jody. And we're back after an extended break. Unfortunately, Claire isn't here with us today, but we do have a very, very special guest <laughs> instead. We'll come to her in a second. Um, Jody, what have you been up to? Um, I've been sunning myself in Argentina for six weeks. So I have no idea what's been going on in the athletics world. <laughs> I totally switched off. I didn't care. I was sunbathing and pretending to learn Spanish. Did you learn Spanish? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have been a very good boy. I've been running lots of 10Ks with um, original Backstreet Boy, Matt, Matt Wood's um, run through. Um, I also, most importantly, have been wildly celebrating Abigail Arizoru's um, World Championship long jump win. <laughs> What do you mean? We will come back and I will, I will, I will explain <laughs> in, a, in a bit. Um, now, Claire's not here with us today. Um, she's working very, very hard. She works at, at Sky Sport, but she will be with us very soon to yep. talk about what's been going on in the world. In the meantime, we have a, a very, very special guest in the house. Um, it's Sprint Queen and TB Royalty, um, Jeanette Quachi. Yay! I'm glad that I'm here. Do you know why? Because the last time we did it, it was over the phone, wasn't it? Yeah. But now I'm in the vicinity, so we're going to have such a good chat. Yeah. Can I just quickly say, um, yeah. one of the things I've been doing over the last um, few months, and certainly um, in, the, in the time since we've been away, is my other obsession that isn't um, athletics is the Oscars. Um, some of you who are listening regularly will know that... Um, don't, I know it happened last night. Sh- I don't want to know what happened. Shut up! Okay. As if! <laughs> the point doesn't matter to make. So, as some of you will know, I'm often in September, I, I disappear from the podcast and I go to Toronto for the Toronto Film Festival. That's because it's like the start of Oscar season and I sit, sit, sit by myself in the cinema and watch all the films. The Oscars were last night. I got to bed about half past five. It's now 11am. I've had about three hours sleep. So if I'm talking absolute drivel... It'll be the same as every other week. It'll be the same as every other week. (laughs) Thankfully, we do have a professional... Oh, gosh. ...in the the house to to lead us in the right direction. (laughs) I should also say, um, you're kind of the third backstraight twin, Jeanette. Yes. Yes. We share a birthday. We do. This is very soon, everybody. She's not quite as old as us. Not quite as old as us, though. It doesn't matter. We were born on the same day. I'm very excited. So, listen, we need to make sure that people know where to send presents. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, send to the studio here in central London. So, it's great to have you here, Jeanette. Um, As I say, we've we've talked on the phone before, but you've never actually been here in the studio. Look how long I've known you guys as well. So, no, welcome. Thank you so much. That's going to be my first question. How do we first, when did we first know each other? I think my earliest memories of you guys. (laughs) Oh, dear. I think 06, 07 times. Mm. Well, did you have the hair then? Yes, we had lots and, of hair. You know, and it was the cut. When, when was he the had cut? bright red hair. I had red. like red, red dreadlocks yeah. down to my ass, basically. And what colour was your I hair? I had a Mohican. Mohican. And you really stood out because there's nobody, <laughs> obviously, that looks like you in an athletics crowd. And um, and then I got the heads up from the girls, so like Donna, Joe, <laughs> Joe, Abby. Abby. And I was like, okay, like, are these guys okay? Like, yes! <laughs> Don't even buy it. I'm like, okay, cool. If you guys say it's fine, then I'm down. And here we are. You I know, know we have a photo of you at 2008 World Indoors where you yeah, got the silver. Valencia. Were you in the top, were, you, were you at Commonwealth in 2006? I didn't go. Oh, right. No, that's what I was thinking this morning. Where did we first meet? And I yeah. wondered if it was maybe the Commonwealth because I remember... I remember I remember in 2008 in yeah, Valencia, I was yeah, going to ask you where it was, I couldn't yeah. remember. Um, I remember you coming up afterwards to, to find us with yes, your silver medal. Yes, There's a great picture yes, of you, um, yes. you and me, I'm hugging, oh. with my hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we must have already known each other then because yeah. I remember you coming to oh, find no, us yeah, in the so crowd. So. I think it was either the year before or maybe even the year before that, it's 07, 08. So for me, like you guys, 
like you guys are athletic royalty. Everyone knows who you are, and because I know you've got a real affection for sprint queens, like, so for us, you know, it's just it's perfect. So yeah, I think that's back then. God, that's years. Well, it is years. I mean, back in 2008, of course, you made the Olympic yeah, final. Hooray. Yeah. Um, and you've done that thing, which a lot of athletes have, have done, which is um, gone from the track into um, the commentary box and onto TV. You've gone a bit a different way, I think, than most, yeah. though, because what we often find is an athlete comes straight off the track, yeah. gets plonked on TV, doesn't really know what they're doing, <laughs> sinks or swims, you know. You didn't do that. You've gone and done it the proper way. You went and got a yeah, degree I in journalism? Got, I my, so what I did, I went and studied for a diploma. A diploma. So yeah. it's a multimedia journalism diploma. And the reason why I had to do that is because um, I was told straight off the bat out of athletics when I retired by a TV executive, oh, Jeanette, you're not a household name, so it might be a bit hard for you to get on the telly. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm not necessarily wanting to get on the sofa. Mm. I want to do things a bit differently. So I went ahead and kind of applied my trade and learned, you know, behind the scenes. And then, yeah, came along and got some great opportunities on the way. So It's yeah. so weird, isn't it? How, like, um, to get a job in media which is it's it's not a, it's a really skilled job yeah. you know it's not something people think you just go on tv i've done a bit of tv and when you've got one person talking in one ear while you're interviewing oh, someone else where you're looking in the right camera and that that's an actually really really yeah. skilled job and yet oftentimes um tv companies think the best qualification for that is a gold medal oh, the thing is, the thing is like, it's not it's not a gold medal it's not easy i think you have to have a certain personality you have to have a certain technical nounce about you with telly where you don't get flustered or anything like that to be able to do it. So I, I, I had to learn because I guess when you, you don't want to embarrass yourself, no. you know, when you want to go on, you want to do a good job and I'm still learning. I'm still kind of getting on with things. So for me, like it's been a dream that I'm still able to go to championships, yeah. go to games and stay in touch with the team and just do things from the other side. And I guess still speak to the athletes, you know, who are just, it's, I live, I live, their events through them, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's, so yeah. it's just great. Um, there's obviously been lots of people before you. Steve Cram is an obvious example yeah. who's been brilliant at it. And mm-hmm. Jonathan Edwards was great. Um, Denise and Paula. And um, I remember Roger Black. Roger yeah, Black came yeah. straight yeah. off the track and yeah. straight in, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I wonder what happened to there was some wranglings, yeah. BBC wranglings, wasn't there, <laughs> back, back in the day. Um, Never the, forget Chris Cahill. Chris, oh, the best ever. I mean, Chris, Chris <laughs> Cahill, we will rave about her forever. So she's Chris, is she Chris... Box. She was, yeah, she was Chris right. Fox. Yeah, okay. Chris I, I, I hear so much about her. I've she's never so seen good. anything that she's done, but I've heard so Listen, much about her. I have videos of athletics meetings from 1987. Oh my God. So if you've got a VHS somewhere, we'll complain to you. Yeah, I, feel, I feel like she was, she was up there in terms yeah. of doing stuff. Yeah. Well, of the job that you sometimes do now, which is the um, mm. the after um, race interview, yeah. she was she was the, the best ever. Oh, Phil was great, obviously, but she kind of led the way. So they did it really, really well. And there was others, and there was no fault of their own. So someone like Sally Gunnell, who literally came off the track I remember her saying she had a microphone put in her hand yeah. and told to get on with it. It's not easy. Um, it's not easy and the audience can be really brutal. As yes, well. absolutely, yeah. 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 Um, but you decided to go away and sort of train oh, because yeah, you've had quite a seamless um, um, sort of journey, you would think, from track into it and you came yeah. in almost fully formed. It's yeah, like. and I guess that I, what I had to do was probably go and learn in other sports as well. So football was the main one that I went away and I really learned and that's a, so much tougher than track mm. and field. So I guess then when you combine... Um, my, I've got a unique insight because I was an athlete and I've got the passion for it. And then I kind of know quite a lot of the teams still. And then, um, you know, I've got the technical ability to be able to handle an interview, deal with a gallery, television, pieces to camera. I think it's kind of a nice little, little perfect storm that's come together at this time. And it's quite nice as well. So I think that's probably why. It looks seamless, but my God, <laughs> behind the scenes, yeah, there's a lot going on. But um, it's nice to, to be in a position like this. 
Well, we'd, um, we'd seen you do bits and pieces, but your first sort of main gig, athletics-wise, I think was the Commonwealth Games. Commonwealth Games, uh, yeah, yeah, 2018. And we were there, and we saw you. Yeah. And I remember my mum texting me saying, do you know Jeanette? Tell her she's doing a really oh. good job. Oh. I was like, mum, I'm stood next to her now. <laughs> oh, God, I remember, I remember. And that's really, really nice. And I guess it's what's, what's even nicer is people who don't necessarily watch athletics and say, oh, are you the lady of the table that does the interviews? And I'm like, yeah, I guess I am. But I was that athlete once before, you know, and I think it's quite nice to, to kind of have a new identity in that sense, but still be in touch with, with the old side and the compliments and stuff like that. I try not to, to take it in too much because I think you, you really want to make sure that you're doing a good job and not being affected too much by what's going on. So there's only a few people that I'll listen to in terms of what that, what that, that that praise and that criticism as well comes yeah. from as well. Now, me and Jodie, of course, have done something similar. We've never, we don't do it on live TV, but we've been down in the mix zones talking to the athletes who, who, um, who come along after the event. Um, it's very, very hard, and we have an appreciation for anyone who does your job because it's so easy on Twitter or on the forums and things yeah. that people complain about that job. I guarantee you, stick a microphone in your hand, have an athlete brought in front of you, often where you are, you haven't actually been able to see what happened, you haven't been able to see the race, you don't necessarily even know the result yet, they're plonked in front of you, you maybe can't even remember their name, (laughs) and you're told go, you know, Um, how have you managed, because you you, you do a really good job of it, how have you managed to sort of um, cope with that straight off the bat? I think first of all, we need a good floor manager, (laughs) (laughs) shout out to Sandy, Um, she's unreal, but I think that... In, in this particular case, um, I have to be really responsible in my role. And um, nine times out of ten, I am the th- first person, yeah. especially a British athlete, will probably speak to after what has probably might have been the most emotional moment of their sporting career. So for them to come to me, I have a responsibility to make sure I'm asking the right type of questions, um, respectful of the result that they've had, and just kind of measure the tone of it as well, because yeah, it may be a great result for us watching at home, or they've done so well, but for them personally, maybe it hasn't matched an expectation. And I've got to be really careful with how I deal and manage with that. Yes, there are times where athletes will be walking through the mix zone and I have absolutely no idea how they've done in their qualifying. So I may have to be very quick or Sandy, floor manager, has to be very quick, check the result and then gauge from there. And then again, there are times, guys, where if the athlete doesn't want to speak to me, you know, they've had a really tough time, you know, out there. And the athlete in me will always kick in first because I'd never want to be in a position where I'd have to say something to, 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 to a camera and not feel ready. So yeah, it might make great telly because it's a really emotional interview, but at the same time, you kind of want to protect the athlete as well. And you know, a great example is um, Doha, you know, Lindsay, she was really upset after her 800 meter heat. Like I'm not going to put her in front of a camera to explain herself and you know, cause she, she might find it really tough. So she goes, Jeanette, I don't, I don't want to speak. I respect that and, and go, do you know? It's not, it's not the end of the world if someone doesn't stop and talk. They're yeah. always going to have an option to say something later. Do you get pressure from, like, in your ear, from people upstairs to ask questions that you don't want to ask oh, or to yeah. sort of force interviews that um, you don't think are appropriate? I would say questions I don't want to ask because I think why I love my production team at The Beeb is because they, they trust me with what is happening in front of me. And I'll always ask a question that I think that everybody at home wants to know. That's, that's the main thing. Like, what I'm feeling, I like to think that everybody else is feeling. I think that's what makes me a little bit more unique about that particular role. And, um, yeah, there will be tough questions. Commonwealth Games, for example, Casta Semenya coming into the mix zone. 
I think that day or the day before they just announced yeah. the new regulations, IAAF. And God, I was just thinking, I don't want to ask her about this, yeah. but I'm going to have to frame it in a way where she's potentially going to have to make a comment. And that was tough, really, really tough. She was happy to talk, wasn't she? She was happy to talk. And, um, you know, the guys in production were quite surprised she was happy to talk. I'm like, well, you know what? I guess if you frame things a certain way and not just go in and be hard and be newsy, then people will speak. You know, people will talk and they'll feel obliged to, to give an answer that they think people want to hear, I guess. Um, what I always find funny is sitting at home, armchair athletes, it's very easy and we do it all the time. All of us do it. I'm sure you still do <laughs> yeah. it, you know. When you're sitting going like, oh, what are they asking that for? This is, your, <laughs> this is a stupid question. Um, but we now know those, those, those questions, when you say, how did that go? Oh, you know, that, that, that dreaded yeah. question, how did that go? Or yeah. tell me about the yeah. race. Yeah. That's often because... You don't know how it yeah, went. Exactly. <laughs> you don't know. All right, so let me tell you, and I'll give you an industry secret. Right, two things, two things. If you ever hear me say, are you surprised? <laughs> then you know I'm in trouble. You know, my mind's gone black because the, uh, my are you surprised is the go-to question when I'm trying to give myself some time. Are you surprised? And if you hear me say, how does it feel? Then I'm also in trouble, okay? So how does it feel and are you surprised? If you hear me say it, then Jeanette's in trouble. But... I try to think about other ways to ask the, um, for them to sum up their emotions. <laughs> but look, you, you need those. You need yeah. those kind of filler questions because it only takes a sort of half a second for your brain to Ooh. kick back in. But when you've gone blank, yeah, you know, you just go blank. So you need those little filler questions yeah. to just to jog it. your memory. Yeah. If they can speak for like 15 seconds, it allows you to it sort of recalibrate yourself, doesn't it? It gives me a real good time. And it's tough because I guess, like you say, that... That mix zone position that I'm in, that live position, it is tough. You've got 90 seconds to get what you can out of the athlete and it can be really hard. Sometimes that 90 seconds turns into 30 seconds because the athlete just does not want to talk and you have to respect that. And, and some athletes are better at it than others. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of the British athletes don't have the training that I think they should have. Yeah. Um, all athletes, but like I'm mostly concerned with the British athletes. Just little things that you can tell people in an interview, like no yes and no answers, yeah. or just let us know, have a little something to say about yourself, a yeah. story that you want to portray. Yeah. Um, and some of these come to it naturally. Dina, yeah. for example, yeah, is a just, I mean, is there anything she can't do? No, she <laughs> but some other athletes are not as articulate or just yeah. as conf confident as yeah. well in talking about themselves. Yeah. So what, you have what, to calibrate, you have to work with that as well. Definitely. What you forget a lot is often these are very young. They they, they spend their time getting up at 6am and like training they don't spend their time like worrying about media interviews and that mm. and suddenly I think there's a, there's a, there's a kind of strange thing where someone is stream, extremely talented in, in one way and they get a lot of attention because of that but that doesn't mean their personality is the sort of personality that seeks attention you know sports people are in, unlike say singers or actors and that they don't expect to be famous you know yeah. so it's not always um someone it's someone's natural ability to, not, to talk and chat it, it and, and have that personality and also that you, you we, we forget that a lot of sports people and it just this is wider i mean like you say such regimented mm. and rigid regimes that when people ask them about their personality it's almost like they forget that they actually have to have one so unless you're really switched on in terms of your own uh, personal branding or you know how you want to get your personality across a lot of them do find it quite hard so again I guess it's the job of myself and of course you guys when you're in the mix zone is to, to ask the right questions that draws that out you know what are the little nuggets that you know about that particular person that might make them smile for that split second and let their guard down and I think that's really really 
important just to have that little bit of inside knowledge and information. And for us, we've always come of this as, as fans, yeah. not as journalists. Yeah. So when we talk to people, it is definitely from a fan perspective <laughs> and it's definitely from a, a fun and informative. We're not trying to catch people out. Right. We're not trying to... And they know that. Yeah, I think that's why people like talking to us because yeah. we're not going to do them dirty. We're not going to try and... I mean, we like a bit of gossip. Because <laughs> <laughs> we know all the gossip. Yeah. We know that's, why, that's not what they're there for. But, and we're not going to tell other people yeah. and we're not going to we're not going to try and catch people out and get them in trouble and stuff. It's just not what we're here for. Yeah. And obviously people know that about, about you as well. Yeah, and I think you're right. It's not about getting a news line there. BBC mm. News are further up the mix zone. If they want a news line, they can get the news line. What I'm there to deliver is very much a reactionary emotion to everybody that's watching at home, to what's just happened, you know, two minutes previous. A perfect example of not getting a news line, but getting a news line um, is in Doha with Sifan Hassan. Now, when mm. Sifan came through the mix zone, you're both laughing because I wasn't expecting it. I came through thinking, like, I, I love her, she's great, she comes, she's really chatty. Her English isn't the best, but you still get yeah. it. Like, she goes for it. And then all of a sudden, she starts crying. And I'm thinking, you've just won the World Championships and you're crying, not because you're happy, you're crying because you're so angry and then she started to go into it about her coach and everything else and why people are doubting her and it was such an angry run then everything kind of made sense i didn't have to give her anything i just literally said there's been a lot being said this week about you know everything that's gone on you and a coach and it was just floods and i thought wow my gallery loved that because you know go for it like and it gave people something to talk about and you could see all of a sudden she's just not an athlete anymore she's a person mm, yeah. I don't know. think she did herself any favours with that, that reaction such, like, a weirdly misjudged interview from her she seemed to completely like miss the miss yeah. what do you call it like misjudge the room yeah. entirely <laughs> but very then, very but strange then, but this is it isn't it Bayou you've got this 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 mad emotion mm. and you can't stop it you actually can't stop it you, you cross the line everything guards down adrenaline's up and then bang someone's asked you a question and there you go you know Dina coming off um, the 200 metres gold medal coming up she did a lap of honour came up the stairs remember she walked past her mum yeah. and I said go back to your mum yeah. <laughs> go back to your mum not only is this going to be a real lovely moment for everyone to see you and your mum on camera but in the end like actually I want you to just talk to your mum first just chat to your mum and I could see that that would, that would bring our guard right down. So by the time you get to me, like, great, let's go. And for the first time, we actually saw Dina crying. Like, when was the first time you saw Dina cry? Rare. So then you've got this emotional Dina Asher-Smith who's just spoken to her mum. Because we know what it's like. You know, you go back to, like, being a kid. Whenever you see your mum, there's something mad's happening. You're just blubbing, you know. You, you actually can't help it. So for her to do that was, you know, was fantastic. But it really showed a nice real lovely different side to Dina that we haven't seen before and I was really proud for, for, for her in that moment because it just showed wow you know you're actually insane this is amazing so it's, it's great to know that that position is one that you have to be quite responsible about as well what I wanted to ask you've had quite a sort of meteoric rise up through the BBC you Oof. say you started like at the Commonwealth just doing the, the tracks yeah. and interviews um, that happens a lot with athletes. They do the tracksuit interviews or they do the um, punditry. Mm. You're actually presenting. You're, yeah. you're the, what we call HBIC. You're the head, head bitch in charge. Um, 
<laughs> so you've gone from um, from just talking to that piece. You haven't really done the punditry side. You're now no, yeah. front and centre, yeah. talking to the camera. That's not something that a lot of athletes yeah. end up doing. That's you... kind of my plan, if I'm honest. I think that what I, what I did say is that I didn't necessarily want to be a pundit. I wanted to uh, be a journalist, be a reporter, and make sure that I was a bit more multifaceted in that sense. So um, they knew that in terms of punditry, that there wasn't going to be a pundit, but um, I expressed I wanted to have opportunities maybe um, in front of camera, presenting and seeing how that goes. So the BBC have been quite kind in that sense and giving me some crazy opportunities across various sports, you know, football, swimming, um, athletics. And I think where it's positioning me is being an Olympic reporter presenter if that makes sense mm -hmm, yeah totally. so that for me is like you know dream job number two like i can't i can't believe i've come off being a professional jack and field olympic athlete and moved into you know being paid to talk about it on the telly it's just it is it is an absolute it just blows my mind so um yeah they've, they've they've been great the beeb and you you really hope that you know, the Olympics stays free to air, that it stays Oh, God. Every, I mean, they've been saying the thing is, every time it comes up on this, you can't, yeah. it will be the death, yeah. the absolute you death of the to, Olympics. And it's just, we see it, we love sport, so it's, it's important that everybody else gets the opportunity to see what we saw growing up, because it's such a brilliant sport. Hi, I'm Dalila Mohammed, and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. I've been away, um, I've been not taking any notes of athletics whatsoever, and I literally haven't, apart from one big thing in Tokyo, I'm not sure what's going on this year at all. <laughs> so I thought I'd have a little chat with someone who might know exactly what we need to look out for this year. Mm -hmm. And Jeanette, it's someone we've known even longer than you. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a chat with um, one of our oldest athletics friends and everyone's favourite Twitter expert, Statman John. Hi, it's KJT and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. John, it's really weird. Well, you've never been on the Backstreet Boys before. Haven't I? That, I thought that I might have been in the past, but I think maybe maybe we'd spoken about it, but perhaps we'd just never quite, no, I don't think quite got it to work happened. out. And considering we've known each other for about 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Has it been that long? <laughs> Well, I know we first met in person at the 2003 That's World right. Indoors, yep. um, but we'd known you for ages on then from the old IWF um, forum, yeah. <laughs> which I miss every day, I miss it. <laughs> uh, now you're a bigwig at the IWF, I, sorry, World Athletics, mm. have you any thoughts about bringing back the forum? Maybe you could be the moderator. <laughs> <laughs> I think those days are long gone. Um, <laughs> I think there's enough online platforms for uh, for people to discuss things. So yeah, I think I think the Oddball uh, Forum days are, are well behind us now. I think that's a good way yeah. of saying not, <laughs> in, never in a million years would I be the moderator. <laughs> <laughs> Too much work. So John, I've been out of the country since the beginning of the year. I've been totally not listening to athletics whatsoever. And obviously, apart from one big thing in Tokyo this year, I'm really out of the loop about what's going on. So I thought, who's, who better to ask than the world-renowned expert on the big things athletics? So I just wanted to have a quick chat with you about what are the events that we need to look out for coming up this summer. Um, and also maybe you could give us some heads up on some of the athletes that you think may be a little bit below the radar or up and coming that we need to keep our eyes out from. Sure. So... What, what's going on this year? What are the big things we need to look out for? Well, I think already, after recent events, it's it's already being classed as the year of the pole vault. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, it's been a, well, an incredible start to the year for Duplantis, of course, with opening with six metres and then going to the, the world record of 6.17 in Torren. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, I mean, it, it's not just him as well. Obviously, there's there's Kendrick's vaulting well. He's, he's already been over six metres. 
And we've got the established guys like Lisek and Lavillany, but then there's also a really good young crop coming through, Chris Nelson, Curtis Marshall, uh, Guttumson, the Norwegian guy. So I think it's going to be one of those years. You know, like we've had it in previous years, you know, those a couple of years. One year, it was the high jump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It always seems to be the jumps. Pardon? It's always the jumps. It is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we. It was high jump, wasn't it? Yeah, back in 2013, 2014, and then triple jump was great. But having said that, I mean, other events have had good seasons as well. I mean, 400 meter hurdles last year, well, past couple of years, yeah, oh God, it's been course, incredible. Yeah. And on both uh, the men's and the women's side. Yeah, exa- yeah, definitely. So um, that'll be another event to to keep an eye on this year. You know, for for two seasons, it's been it's been an incredible event. You know, with uh, with Warholm and Rye Benjamin and uh, Samba. Um, unfortunately, that Samba wasn't quite at his best at the World Champs last year. Benjamin, I think, was also carrying a bit of a niggle, so we didn't quite see, you know, the, the matchup that everyone had been hoping for. Um, but hopefully, that they'll all have another shot at it this year. Um, and yeah, that, I think it just kind of, kind of going back to what we were saying a, a minute ago about certain disciplines having outstanding seasons. Um, yeah. The, so high jump 2013, 2014, it was brilliant. But then it, it, it kind of seemed to take a sudden dip as well and we saw mm. the same with the triple jump. So hopefully, you know, that these events, the pole and the, the four hurdles can stick on for another season or so and give us another year, year of incredible performances. I mean, one event that we were looking forward to um, was the World Indoors, but of course that's been cancelled. Now, online, there's a lot of people complaining about that, but can you just give us a little explanation of what happened and why we can't hold it again this year? Yeah, so obviously we've all heard about the the coronavirus. Of course. Um, yeah, <laughs> and it, I mean, even now it's still it's still kind of spreading. It's not quite under control, and I think it was getting to a point where, well, I think the World Health Organization declared it um, essentially a medical medical crisis, and so we, well, World Athletics had to act on that. Um, and it, I think, even had we not acted on it. A lot of athletes and a lot of teams were hesitant in in travelling to to China anyway. So I think all around it, it just kind of made sense. And although a few other cities showed interest in in kind of hosting and um, you know putting together a last minute champs, um, at the same time Nanjing had already done a lot of the the groundwork and had everything pretty much in place. So I think it was just decided that it would be fairest to, to postpone it a year. But also, my understanding was that I know Glasgow said they could host it in a couple of other countries, but they wouldn't have been able to do it till April or May. Um, so you can't have a World Indoor Championships in May when the Olympics are in July. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, And although postponing it by a year might mean that we have, you know, European Indoors and World Indoors in the same season, I think um, European Athletics were, were kind of happy for... For, for both champs to go ahead, um, I think there'll be a gap of two, maybe three weeks between the champs. So I, I, I think it, I think it'll be doable. I'm old enough to remember when the European indoors and the world indoors was in the same year, 85, 87, 89, yeah. they were in the same year and people managed them perfectly well. Yeah. It's not like a major championships where you're away for a week or so. It's, it's a two day thing. Yeah. Some events are over in one day. Yeah. So you can almost treat it like just a... I was going to say a diamond league, but an indoor, just a one-day meeting in some respects, um, and then go on to the world. I think it's actually an interesting, it'll be an interesting couple of weeks. Absolutely, yeah. And indoor season is always really compact anyway. Athletes are used to, you know, cramming in a lot of competitions within a, a short time frame. Um, I think 
the Asian Indoor Championships happen on most World Indoor years as well. So yeah, there's a precedent for having continental champs and a global champs within the same indoor season. And we've got it outdoors next year, <laughs> the other way around though. Um, talking about outdoors, can you also, this is something else that you will know all about, the Diamond League. World Athletics have messed around with it again. And I, as a fan, and as you know, a lot of fans and a lot of athletes have a lot to say about that. But could you just explain to us what's going on with the Diamond League this year? And also there's the, the other set of meetings that are just underneath the Diamond League. So can you just give a little explanation for what we have to look out for, both at the Diamond League and what this other set of meetings is? Sure, yeah. Um, so at the Diamond League Assembly uh, at the end of last year, um, just to clarify, that, that assembly is, is made up of all the meeting directors of the individual meetings as well as uh, directors of, of the Diamond League and you know World Athletics has a seat at that table so it, it wasn't it wasn't just World Athletics putting forward the um, suggestions um, and yeah that, that the outcome of that meeting was that there'd be one extra meeting uh, an extra one in China and then uh, yeah, the, those certain events were were cut from the main scoring programs. Um, some of them will still feature on the Diamond League, and um, that I think that there'll be kind of points awarded, but they, they won't appear at the final because we're moving to one final this year, and so to try to fit every discipline into a one day final, I think that was also part of the reasons why some disciplines were cut. But then. The disciplines that are cut are going to feature prominently on the Continental Tour, which, uh, which is a a new, a new circuit for this year. And that's the Continental Tour. It's kind of got three levels, so there's gold, silver, and bronze meetings, um, and the, the gold ones span. Well, I think that starts in Nairobi, it goes to Tokyo and uh, across Europe as well. And then similar with the silver and bronze levels, there's there's meetings all, all over the world. So hopefully it'll give a bit more structure to the international calendar, which I, I know has been a bit of an issue for, for a few years. Um, and then yeah, think going back to the Diamond League, I think they're going to review at the end of each season which which disciplines are performing well and that they may adjust the uh, the kind of scoring system. Um, or the, well, well, the, the scoring disciplines, I should say, at the end of each I season. think trying to fit all the events into a Diamond League is problematic. And once again, I'm old enough to remember when you used to have, um, like they used to split them up between different years. I think the, the issue that fans had was it just came out of the blue and, and the same with athletes. And also the arbitrary nature of who have the events they decided that people wanted to watch and didn't want to watch. But well, let's see how it goes. The other meetings, the what, what's it called, this, the secondary? The level? Continental Tour. The Continental Tour, will there be some kind of streaming or TV access to that? Because that's the other issue we have a lot of, is like just not being able to watch things. Uh, yeah, that, I think it's hoped that um, a lot of these will be easy to, to access. I, I'm, admittedly, I don't know all the ins and outs or all, all, yeah. uh, all, all the broadcasting plans for that yet. But yeah, I think that that's definitely one of the big things that World Athletics wants to get on top of. Um, you know, they, they fully understand that fans want to be able to see the sport and yeah it's a big problem if it can't be seen so um yeah hopefully that'll uh, that'll have pretty good access we can't always just rely on you tweeting out results john we <laughs> <to watch. laughs> i'll do my best <laughs> <laughs> talking of the diamond league when does it start this year because it's been getting earlier and earlier and with the olympics so early this year as well 
Um, when does the Diamond League start? It and what's starts, the best yeah, so this year, because there's one extra meeting to fit in, um, the Diamond League will start in mid-April in Doha, and then... What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in some ways, maybe it's a good thing that the world indoors isn't going ahead. It gives gives athletes a bit more of a, a bit more of a break. Um, so yeah, after then, uh, the next couple of meetings will be in May, and it, it goes throughout the summer then, uh, right up until the final. So the, the the final, and I think one or two other meetings will take place after the Olympics. Um, so we have the majority of the events. Then we have the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Then we've got a few more, and then the Diamond League final, at the, at, like in September or something? Yeah, yeah, start of September in and Zurich. And we've got to, also the European Championships is going to be in the middle of there somewhere as well. So it's going to be a very, very busy season for a lot of people. It will, yeah. Yeah, um, and I think that that's already why, like part of the reason why some athletes were hesitant about doing the world indoors because it's yeah. going to be such a busy summer anyway. And, then obviously and with, the World Championships were so late. Yeah, yeah, and so then... When the coronavirus happened, it kind of helped helped a lot of athletes make up their mind. Um, so maybe it's a little bit of a blessing in disguise. But then, yeah, ho- hopefully next year it'll fit fit well into people's uh, competition calendars. Um, so after the Olympics, there's a couple of weeks, and it's the European Championships. It's one of those what I call like the in between Europeans, the same ones the <laughs> as the Olympics. Um, sometimes it's before, sometimes it's after. Um, it kind of devalues it a little bit but I suppose when you look back in history you're not going to be like oh I was European champion in the in an mm. Olympic year it doesn't matter there's no walks there's no marathon just a half marathon so it's slightly different but I think it will be interesting for athletes who maybe had been disappointed at the Olympics to have something else to aim at and athletes who didn't make the Olympics yeah to have something else to aim at yeah and I think some of those like so that the in-between European champs when they've held it in recent years I think They've adapted well, um, you know, with the format of the competition. I think they, I think for the past couple of editions now, they've had a system where it's at the top, however many ranked athletes kind of go straight through to the semis. Um, And so I think most athletes probably don't end up competing in more than two rounds anyway, which isn't too dissimilar to say like, I don't know, a Diamond League or, or National Champs. So... Yeah, that hopefully won't be too draining for them. Um, and yeah, it, it it's still ultimately it's still a continental title, it's still you know a continental honour. So yeah, definitely nothing to be sniffed at. And um, for for me, and you know my thoughts on the Olympics, John. I I did go. And you remember when I went? To uh, yeah. In <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've not been to an Olympics since, and I won't go. And even London, I didn't I didn't go to any of the athletics because it's too important. <laughs> And not only do I want to watch the athletics, but I want to watch the fencing and the canoeing and the boxing and every other modern pentathlon and every other sport that I become an expert on for two years, every four years. So actually going to Tokyo means you, yeah, you, you can watch the athletics, but you can't get the, you don't get the reruns, you don't get the commentary, but you also miss out on all the other sports. And for the Olympics, that's really, really important for me. I like getting jet lag in my own. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's so true though, because the, the past... The past couple, yeah, I was at Rio and, and at London, and although I was there, and you know, it was fantastic to be in the stadium. Um, you, you don't get, you know, like that whole Olympic experience as a fan. You know, like you say, just sitting at home watching everything, becoming an expert in a, a load of sports. Um, 
And yeah, so, so actually by being at the Olympics, in some ways, you, you see less of it because you, you I, don't I see all the other I need sports. The t- I need my TV on with 27 different channels playing different sports. <laughs> I need a, my phone to be tweeting and then I need um, a laptop or something else to be looking up results at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And you can't do all of that in the stadium. So I'm, I'm actually glad the Europeans is on because we'll definitely be going to Paris. I mean, it's so close as well. So I think it's a nice compromise. And after the Olympics, it'll be nice to see some of those athletes, especially if um, the Brits do well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so they're the main champions this year what else is going on there's no world relays anymore is there? Uh, no, no world relays this year um but there'll be the, the next kind of global champ is the world half and that's actually shaping up to be pretty good because uh joshua chapter guy has said that he wants to compete there i'm guessing jeffrey Camerall will want to defend his title so i mean just that matchup alone will will make it worthwhile um, and where's that that's in gdynia in poland uh-huh Poland love putting off that. They love they love an athletics champs. Um, <laughs> and uh, then after that, well, there's also the World Under Twenty champs in Nairobi. Obviously, they held the World Youth a few years ago, and it is just incredible scenes, just packed out stadiums. So, yeah. I really want to go to yeah. that, but it's my friend's birthday the same weekend, and I've got to go to uh, Sweden. But I might be able to get in two days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you should. I mean, oh, if cool. you can make it work, it's just yeah, it is an incredible incredible uh, atmosphere a few years ago just weirdly me and Bayer may be in Kenya the week before oh, yeah <laughs> so yeah we might be able to get in a couple yeah, of days yeah just structure out by a bit more <laughs> uh, and then uh, for, for race walking fans there's the world race walking team champs in Minsk um, and actually I think I think that that will be a pretty good one because Japan in recent years have been really coming on strong in that event and with it being Olympic year it's going to be interesting to see who they put forward for for that event and then yeah the, obviously the, after that it's the Olympics is the biggie and you know with dumb leagues and continental tour scattered throughout the season as well and on the junior level there's just the world juniors because what's frustrated me in the last few years you've had the European juniors and the European under 23s and the world university had all within a three-week period, and I get totally confused. I don't know who's doing what. I don't know if they're a junior or an under-23 or a 30-year-old student, and I don't know who anyone is. So it's just the World Juniors this year we've got to concentrate. Correct, yeah. yeah. No World Youth? No, but uh, World Youth, uh, 2017, it was the last ever edition of that. So No Commonwealth Youth Games? Oh, that's a good question, and I should probably <laughs> know. <laughs> I can't remember when, uh, when the next one of those is being held. Okay, we're just concentrating on the world genius. Yeah. Um, just um, one last thing, because you've given us all the high points of what we need to look out for this year, and we're going to write everything in the diary, starting in the middle of April. Um, what can you Have you got a number, few athletes that you really think we need to keep our eye on? Obviously, we've had our eye on Mondo mm. for a few years now, and he's delivered way ahead of schedule. I remember talking to his dad back in um, Berlin, and I said, we've got to mention the world record, and he said, oh, we're a bit soon for that. But... <laughs> Look, look what less than 18 months later 6 17 is just insane so mondo's uh, an obvious one we've got our eye on but who else maybe up and coming people or people who've flown under the radar do we need to keep our eye on this year yeah well i mean another one who i mean it's no secret because she she got a silver medal last year at the world champs but yaroslava mahuchik um, I mean, she she had that fantastic jump yeah. in Doha two hundred four, yeah. and you know sometimes juniors will have incredible performances, and that they may not be able to replicate it. But she's already started a season in incredible form, so I think she's she looks set to have a great season. Um, and it'll be good to have someone challenging Lassie Skaney because oh, who may or may not be at the Olympics, so that's a whole nother. Yeah, I mean that, that's a whole, <laughs> that's a whole, <laughs> whole other side to it. But yeah, it's uh, 
yeah, definitely. It's another huge talent for for the event for the high jump. Um, and also on the track, I mean, Ronex Caprito, he he ran that incredible ten k. Is it twenty six? 24 something like that um just a few weeks ago in uh, in Valencia for a world record on the roads and so uh, if if he kind of matches his, matches that same kind of form on the track against the likes of Cheptegay and uh, Kajalka Bariga um yeah that men's 10k could be another another great event and on the british side i mean already in indoors this year Gemma Riki I, I mean she she's definitely someone we had our eye on because she's mm. been a great junior double gold at the under 23s but the level of performance just indoors this this winter is insane. Yeah. So, I mean, she's definitely someone we need to keep an eye on. Yeah. Like yeah, definitely. Like three, I think three British records from just two races <laughs> yeah. just in the past there. And not like, because some, some indoor records are a bit weak or, you mm. know, they go for the 2000 or like, you know, these are hardcore British records. Yeah. These are like Laura Muir's British record, Jenny Meadows' British record. World, uh, she set that set in um, winning World Indoor Medal, I believe. So it's not it's not like they were easy records. So to have stepped up that much within six months is really insane. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and as you said, like last year, she got double gold at European Under Twenty Threes. I think up until now. She has been mainly focused on performing well at champs. Perhaps she hasn't really got into that's many very, many paced races. True. So, um, so yeah, now that she's uh, obviously moved up a level and she's getting these opportunities, then yeah, she, she's reaping the awards, uh, reaping the the rewards of uh, getting into these good quality races. And what other British athletes should we keep our eyes on? Um, Harry Koppel just the other night um, yes, cleared five eighty in the pole vault. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lorraine Ugen and what's really looks... nice about him was he world youth champion that's or... right yeah 2013 yeah. I was there yeah yeah way back and he kind of disappeared for a few years as juniors can do and mm. we spoke about yeah. this especially in technical events and strength events they're not going to have that like really um, easy progression that some people on the track do not everybody and so to still be around to come back and to have backup I mean we've got some other good good pole vaulters at the moment that are going to push each other we've got another world junior champion as well was he world junior champion uh, was it European? Uh, yeah. Anyway, European. <laughs> <laughs> someone who's someone else who's a really good um, junior and is also coming back to form. So they're going to be pushing each other. And Tom Gale jumped two thirty three yeah. this weekend as well. Yeah, and yeah, but Nicky Manson is also doing well in the high jump. Um, yeah, uh, Lorraine Nugent is coming back to form. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the other uh, Max Bergen is another top junior who had a great season last year. So it'll be interesting to see what he'll. Do. I think he's still going to be a junior for another year or two um, and it would be very interesting to see him because obviously he ran that insane time and then yeah. injured and wasn't able to go to the championships yeah and at the European Juniors we still won gold silver and bronze yeah incredible so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah the men's 800 is definitely an event to look out for um, John thank you so much for having a chat with us today setting us up for the year um, and we're going to go back to um, uh, the Backstreet Boys studio and have a discussion with Jeanette about all the things you've just told us about. So thank you very much. We really look forward to seeing you over the summer and keep up the tweets. No worries, will do. Yep, catch you soon. This is Sophie McKenna and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, lots to say, Jenny. Well, this is the thing about John. We, are like, like I said, we've known John for 20 years, <laughs> from back in the old days, from online. That's how we all met, like chatting about the, the very, very infancy yeah. of like, forums. <laughs> you, know? you can't be in athletics if you don't follow John. Like, no, of course. Not. <laughs> and he's like he was a like 13 14 when we first knew him and even then he knew everything so he's the guy to he's really is the guy to talk to i mean the first thing that 
I wanted to find out from him was what's going on this year? Because obviously we know about the Olympics, but what other events um, have I forgotten about or haven't been thinking about? And obviously the first one that we need to talk about is the World Indoors. Um, you were going to be presenting yeah, the World Indoors, but, yeah, but you so weren't going. We weren't going. No, we were going to do it um, from Manchester, from Salford for the BBC, um, the full competition. Um, and unfortunately, because of the coronavirus, um, they decided, the IWF, of course, to, to pull it. So gutted because there are some fire performances yeah. this indoor <laughs> and I'm like wow okay you always know it's an Olympic year and um, a world indoors is a real good indicator I think of who might be for yourself in the summer yeah of course in back in 08 so um, ah, it's, it's, it's frustrating but of course safety you know it's absolutely the right, the right decision absolutely I mean it has right to be the right I mean, the, some people are complaining that they've just cancelled it not put it somewhere else yeah. but other 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 cities did offer to Glasgow, for example, did offer to have it, but they couldn't have it till April or May. Yeah. Because you can't just overnight organise a championship, just even get in hotel rooms. But it's in three weeks, isn't it? So. Yeah, for a thousand people, it's yeah. impossible. Yeah. And also, Nanjing has put in a lot of work on this already. It's already organised. So to take it back there next year, I think makes makes some it sense. Makes, it makes complete sense. And this year is crowded enough as yeah. it is. Which well, is bad enough because we've just come off a really, really late World Championships. Yeah. We've got yeah. early Olympics. Yes. And that was, it was kind of, to be honest, I, I mean, we've had great performances so far this year, but I don't think all those people doing the great performances would have gone to the World oh, Championships. No, 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 no. I think the World Championships itself was likely to be a bit of a damp squib, mm. considering yeah. how far away it is from like yeah. the, the main hub of athletics, the world's just finishing, the Olympics yeah. starting, the early Diamond League. Yeah. I think it was going to be a bit... Yeah. ropey anyway yeah. to, to be honest so I, I totally don't think agree. it's necessarily a bad thing I, I totally agree with that and I think that like you say that short turnaround between Doha and the Olympics you'd only really do the World Indoor Championships A if you are a field eventer that's trying to you know stay sharp competition wise so pole vault high jump for example or you didn't go to the World Champs yeah. you know and you needed a competition to, to really get yourself going or maybe if you're like an indoor specialist who yeah. like yeah, maybe event and, isn't and make some money yeah um Next year, we're going to have the European indoors mm. and then the world indoors, like a couple of weeks later. Yeah. European indoors is... I don't know where it is. Oh, Poland. I do know this. Oh, is it? Poland. It's always in Poland. Everything's yeah. in Poland. <laughs> Poland! <laughs> Poland. I, I've got somewhere on my phone, I've got a list of all the upcoming meetings. Because so, what we say this a lot, but one of the things we love most about athletics is I end up going places I would never have gone before. The, the amount yeah. of countries I've been to that I never would have set foot in if it wasn't for an athletics meeting. And all these years, I've still never been to Poland. No, so, no! No, I mean, there's, for some reason, we've just never got to... There's been lots of like Euro Cups there, there's yeah. been lots of um, indoor meetings there, but for some reason, we've never got oh to... Gosh, I feel like I've to been Poland. Poland about 10 times. Um, yeah. You think we would have been to Bigosh or something, wouldn't Bigosh we? Bigosh or something? Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, no. wow. Okay, you're going to have so, a time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it next yeah, year. Um, and, you know, I think it's not a bad turnaround doing the European indoors and then the world mm. a couple of weeks later. I think it's a nice, it'll be a really, yeah, really good... It's a late March one, isn't it? The world indoors. Yeah, March is quite late in March. Cool, so but even, even better. Yeah. So it's going to be um, a really good indoor yeah, season nice. next year. And what is it? It's the world's next year, right? World's in... World's in... <laughs> Stanford. Portland. Portland. We're in the same place, right? <laughs> America, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, America next year. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm look, that'll, that'll be something to look forward to for next year. Now, the other reason that um, they can't hold the world indoors in April, May, is because the the Diamond League starts in April this year. I had no idea. Every year, don't get us started on the Diamond League because we could rant. Well, we do most weeks. Um, but to start in April just feels very. I mean, when you told me that, my first what well, first words were, "I'm exhausted already." Yeah. Um, they have not been listening to the Backstreet Boys podcast. 
it's like a football season. We have rolled off of October, round to this season now indoors, and we're gonna go straight from what, what would have been a world indoors into the outdoor side in April. But for a lot of countries, South Africa, for example, yeah, Australia, America, yeah. Australia, they actually do this. You know, it's for us who've got athletics in Europe. We're like a nice break, yeah. get our head around things, but no, we've got to roll through. It's, it's a really tough one. Although it started in April, I know that's because the world is early, is that right? Olympics, Olympics is early. Olympics is early, sorry, and then the Europeans follows. But when does the, when does the Diamond League finish? It's, it's still finished. I'm not 100% sure. Um, John didn't know the dates off, off, off by September. heart. But yeah, it's the, the final, and it's only one final. Yeah, in Zurich fight. this year yeah. instead of two so we're not going to have any people jumping on buses to no. go between two finals back to back no, one Zurich um, there's not as many events this year they're not doing every event which we've discussed mm. a lot um, so it'll be easier um, the one thing that starting in April doesn't work for me particularly is the incoherence of the Diamond League We, I know we say this every time yeah. but if it starts in April that's fine as long as we know that in two weeks there'll be one in two weeks one not yeah. There'll be one on a Friday and one on a Wednesday, and then we'll have a two-week gap, and then there'll be enough. Like it's and there's one over a weekend. Then yeah. there's not. Yeah, it's, I, it's, it, there needs to be, and I've said this, and you know, I've made my feelings really clear. Um, there needs to be a, a consistent structure into one hundred percent, and it just like we need to be like Formula One. Exactly. You know, we know what days, what weekends. Like we, are you massive Formula One fans? No, no, no. exactly. Nor am I. But we kind of. <laughs> but I know when it's on. Exactly. And you know, there's qualifying <laughs> on a Saturday and there's, there's yeah, races on, on a Sunday. Sunday. Even I know like, that. We know this. Like, why can't that be the same with track and field? And it's almost because we give the autonomy to the cities to just yes, do exactly. And that's yeah. that's the point John made mm. is the IWF are not in charge of the Diamond League. Mm. They have a seat at the table. Mm. I think they could have a bigger seat if of they wanted course. to. They could bang okay. some heads together. Because yeah. that's what Bernie Eccleston did with the with Formula One, right? Yeah. Pulled it all together. You have to. You have to Friday do. night is athletics night. Remember Friday nights at Crystal Palace? Yeah, it was amazing. It was. Um, so if people knew that, that's how you build an audience because it's regular. Yeah. We miss things. We say this all every we say this more or less every week. Every year we miss a Diamond League. Because you just don't know it's on. Because, well, in the back of my head, I know it's coming up, but what, <laughs> do I know it's Wednesday wait. or Thursday? Yeah. I know there's one this week. Oh. Do I like, or I'll be at work and I'll be like, shit, and I'll run home and yeah. miss the first 20 minutes or something. Happens all the time. Right. Which is a know. ridiculous state of affairs when you're as obsessed as we are, you know? Yeah, but then again, like, for the sport to, to really jump forward and to really, you know, pick up on the next generation, it, it needs to have that consistency. Yeah, it that's, that's the number one thing. There's lots of things that the sport, any sport, mm. any activity can change, especially in today's world with the different media platforms and everything that things are changes really quickly. Mm. So you're never going to have that 20 million people watching things ever again. That's just not the way the world works anymore. Mm. So just to have that one bit of consistency that people knows what's happening mm. would be would be amazing. Okay. But also anyway, we're flogging the dog. Yeah, we've said this a million times. <laughs> um, but also don't forget they've got they've got to not just have a gap for the Olympics. They've also got to have a gap because the American trials, all countries trials are so, so there's a yeah. two week gap but there. That's also another thing. Would it not make sense if there was a weekend at some point in July, whatever it was, where or not this obviously not going to be every every country, but like we knew that was like trials weekend, yeah, of course. you know, and then it wouldn't cut into the Diamond League. Yeah, There's always that Duff Diamond League, isn't it? Where all the Americans have gone home to. Yeah, but then this thing, bio. Why can't it just be a trials weekend? Why can't we we'll yeah. sit down at the IWF Council and say, right, guys, you know what? This is the weekend you need to have your trials, and it's like, okay. We'll make it happen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think that there has to be a bit more uniform, a bit more centralised yeah. thinking when it comes down and to... And after the that. Olympics, there's Europeans as well, so that's yeah. another gap. Oh and don't forget, this year it's a different way of qualifying. Yeah. So when people aren't going to be qualifying um, 
I don't, I've forgotten what it is already. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's getting in the top, you need to be ranked. It's oh, yeah, rankings, yeah, yeah, you isn't really it? Need to be ranked. So yeah, that's yeah, going to get yeah. really, yeah. really confusing for people because Very. the day before, there's going to be people running around trying to get into. And, but you get, need to be ranked. Oh, yeah, I mean, so this is, we don't know how this is going to work. So it's oh, going to be a very. So it's going to be a glorious mess. Isn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs> Chaos. There are going to be some big upsets of people who didn't get in or people who get knocked out at the last minute. I guarantee there will be people who do not know the rules. Oh, of course not. Still, coaches don't know the rules. No. They're just like, just run fast. Yeah, I'm sure the IWF know the rules. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, that, so the other thing about the Diamond League is it's not just the Diamond League now. Because they've cut half the events, we've yeah. now got something called the Continental Challenge, Challenge yeah. we think. Yeah. So it's like a second tier of events. I mean, John sounds quite enthusiastic about yeah. it and it yeah. could be a way of seeing more athletics giving people more chances yeah. it, it could be maybe if there's enough money in it I was just about to say it's about the money but the, even more importantly for me is it, the access are we going to be able to see these things yeah. are they going even if it's just streamed on the IWF I don't yeah. know where, I don't want to be having to find illegal channels that go through Slovakia yeah, to get to, to the coverage with the commentary in, in, like, in Polish t- this is Teddy talk now how would you feel like about a highlight show is that or you want live coverage I mean it's a highlight show is better, better than nothing, than nothing. Yeah. okay right and in many ways I'd prefer like a condensed one hour highlight show yeah. than having to sit through a three hour stream yeah of like all the heats and someone yeah. ch- crowd chatter and stuff, yeah. you know, that we, we get sometimes. Um, for example, at the weekend, and we won't talk about this now, but something spectacular happened this weekend, didn't it, with, with Mondo in the, in the pole vault. Yes. Um, that wasn't shown anywhere, the... Um, no, it wasn't. T- Turin, wasn't it? Was it Turin? Turin? Yeah. Wasn't shown anywhere. Apart What's from that in, one? Is that one of the meetings? Part, it's part of the World Challenge. Challenge. So we've had Carlsberg, and we've had, had um, Dortmund. 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 Karlsruhe. So Karlsruhe. So was was the same one of the same thing. Yes, yes, but it was was only shown in Poland. So I think there were, as you say, feeds going round places. But, but like I couldn't, I couldn't be bothered. Such a shame, isn't it? Mm, it's ridiculous. Shame. I was literally searching, searching, searching through Eurosport where the other two have been on, yeah. thinking, well, it's got to be here somewhere. And then I it's looked really, into it, and it's only been shown in, in Poland. Live you can't have your. It's, it's literally called the World Series or something yeah. of athletics for the for the season. There's only like five of them. And one of them is on TV. If you're listening, we need like an IAAF player where you have like all the yes. chances online. I'm happy to present it. Worlds of Attraction interviews. Yes, yes. your team is here. Talent team is here. Surefire, that's not going to happen now. We've <laughs> <laughs> involved ourselves. The idea like, oh, it was a good idea until they, they... <laughs> they'll be just calling Jeanette on the slide. <laughs> I'll bring you yeah, listen, I mean, I like to stay positive about yeah. things. I, I understand why the Diamond League can't have every event. It, I mean, I would like, we could have more distance events, but um, I understand why they can't have every, it, it's too yeah, many, it's too much. Many. I get it. And it, it's only re- relatively recently they've tried to do that. Mm. The arbitrary way they've picked and cho- chosen which events, which just Jeanette's face, I wish, no, I wish we could see her face right now. I'm glad, but you're right, it had to be done. It had to <laughs> but be it done. makes, it just made no sense. No. Um, but so this, this Continental Challenge, Please, please, please make it accessible. Yeah. I'll be if we can make it accessible and give us another stream of athletics to watch. Mm. I'll be over the moon. So um, that's the beginning of the season, and then we've got a big one in oh. Tokyo. And Jeanette, you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. Not just doing the athletics, Ow. but presenting yes. the Olympics. I'm so excited, so so excited. And for me, 
to be in that position to go to the games like when you retire you think oh my god am I ever gonna go to the games again and I'm so glad to say that yeah I, you know I was in Rio and I was in London but obviously not competing and then you know Tokyo I, I cannot believe it's come around so quickly it's just going to be amazing and 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 the Brits some of the indoor performances this season <laughs> I'm just really hoping they translate to um, Tokyo because guys that makes my job so much easier <laughs> like you have a good performance it makes my job easier but wow the games like guys. and are you going to be presenting not just athletics yeah. you're going to be presenting so first week is going to be very much um, multi-sport so there's a few of us that will be anchoring that I'm very excited to sound one of those anchors and then the next week um, trackside baby like where I love so that would be me I have no idea my position yet you know that's the main thing I always wait for a call to say you'll be positioned like number five next to NBC and you know you know local Japanese telly but BBC normally do get yeah, a get nice one. position so that would be the main thing but yeah it's going to be a busy busy three weeks I'll be there for because I've got a prep beforehand and um, I was talking to bio about childcare oh god it's gonna be mad but we'll make it work and it's gonna be very very exciting hi i'm dina asher smith and you're listening to the back straight boys can i just quickly ask um so you'll be doing the athletics will you also be doing the swimming swimming yes so i guess swimming is the first week right so it'll be part of the multi-sport side of things so i get to pick up on my swimming expertise i'll put that in commas because it's like i think with sport generally it's it's really really tough to kind of make sure that you're a, across everything. Yeah. So my research starts like yesterday, like for the whole of the, of, the, of the summer because I need to know how people qualify, I need to know who the big names are, like big personalities, the little nuances that yeah. you wouldn't normally necessarily know. And that's like talking to loads of people. So I was really lucky when I did the swimming to have such generous pundits in Becky Adlington and Mark Foster because those guys... Those two are brilliant yeah. together. Oh they're, they're the best. They are unreal. And when you work alongside them, they are they work so well in terms of their personalities and bringing it out but the one thing i wish we could have done with that production was taking it live you know we were studio based and when you're live you really soak it up so um i don't know how it's going to go in terms of actual swimming presentation in um tokyo but i do know that um i'll be doing multi-sports so i'll be across everything but talking of swimming you do not have a bone to pick with you don't you why oh no what have i done well, you haven't asked Mark Foster to marry me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as, as I text you. Oh, my God. You did text me. Yeah. And I was she was like, alive on stage. Like, yeah. said, you're sat next to him. Can you please ask yeah, him to marry me? Yeah, I think I was probably trying to work out about Caleb Dressel, Sarah Showstrom, all those guys, <laughs> trying to keep my head around these. But next time I see him, just I'll Just say, put in a word, please. Yeah. Priorities. He's a beautiful man, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Husband material. We won't bring it up too much, but yeah, Mark's great. <laughs> um, so what are we most looking forward to at the Olympics? Obviously, the athletics. Oh, come on. Like, in terms of the athletics and everything that goes on there, I am so excited. For me, um, this year, one athlete in particular is not British, it's Sean Maloney-Brain. And the reason why I bring her up um, is because, like, do you remember when she won the Olympics? <laughs> by falling over. <laughs> And the Americans were so mad. <laughs> she che- so they still mad. say she cheated. They were so mad. And I was like, she ain't mad. She knows what she's doing. And I was like, I would have done that 150 times. But I don't even think she I did it on purpose. But, even, but, it, but like, even if she did do it on purpose, yeah, good on her. You, you need to get yourself oh over the line God, first. She, There's no rules about how you do it. No. I just, I love speaking to her. 
I love looking at her. <laughs> yeah. She's just so beautiful and stunning and talented and amazing. Like one of my faves, obviously, as you can tell. But she just brings drama every yes. time she steps on the track. She's not falling over. She's, <laughs> she's stepping back. And people are going past her. And then, of course, last year in Doha, we had her nailed on for gold. And then, you know, oh my God. It didn't happen. And I'm just like, okay, right. But she ran 48-3. Of course and, we and should have her nailed on for gold. And she was in disbelief. Yeah. Like, well, we all were. We, we all still were. are. Yeah, and I saw bit. her the next day. Um, we were added as hospitality and I, and I saw her there and I was like, Shawnee, and she just looked at me and was like, mouth open, shaking her head like, I cannot believe that has just happened. 48-3 and a silver medal. So, listen, for me, I just want her to bring it in, in, in Tokyo and I think that she's working towards that. She just yeah. looks fantastic. I not really thought about what I'm most looking forward to because I will watch everything. This is yeah, it. I've, <laughs> I've never been to an Olympic Games. <laughs> What? I've never been to an Olympic Games, uh, apart from obviously when it was in, in, in London, London, but yeah. even then we didn't really go to the athletics. Did you not go to Rio? No, we, we got the hump because you know um, you had to enter a lottery oh, to, yeah, for London. And, yeah, yeah oh. and we were like, I'm not doing that. Because oh. I'm used to going to a track championship, yeah. either having accreditation yeah. or I will just, I'll just buy the best seats in the house. Yeah. That's it. In London, you had to put your name in and you might get me here or there and then you didn't know where the seats were going to be yeah. and you had to pay the money up front. So and then, and I was like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm going to show them. I'm not going to do that. that. That'll learn them. <laughs> <laughs> so we just didn't go. Um, oh but the reason I don't go to an Olympic Games is because the whole thing is too important to me. Mm. And I, it's not just the athletics I want to watch. I want to watch the swimming. I want to watch the gymnastics. I want to watch the cycling. Um, although obviously athletics is the main one. But if you're actually there in a country, which probably English isn't their first language, I don't want to be like sat at home trying to run between things, trying to work out what's going on. Yeah. Um, Trying to find maybe fees to the BBC, etc. Yeah. Pardon me. I want to be sat in my living room with a bottle of fancy gin. Yeah. Probably my brother. Maybe not even my brother. We'll just be doing it remotely. And shouting at the TV. Yeah. You know, that's what I want to be doing because you do get the best seat in the house watching the BBC. All you know, you the, just do. The little multi-sport channels you can yeah. click through. I went to Athens, but I was working with Ian Hodge. Oh. So I listen, Jeanette. I had the best seat in the house. I was in the office with the, the the managers of the event. Mm-hmm. So I sat next to the announcers yeah. and we had the meet managers sat in front of me. Yeah. Ian Hodge was in the van yeah. giving, like, because he obviously gives every... Exactly. He was turning to the local t- Not the local TV, the, the generic TV that yeah. feed. Yeah. Cut to this, cut to that. Oh, brilliant. So he'd say to me, Jodie, can you just hold, make them hold the 100 metres because we've got one last jump in the long jump. And I'd be like, can you hold the 100, 100 metres, guys? <laughs> that was my job. And Power. I got paid for it. Power. I got paid for that job. I wasn't very good at it. I kept disappearing. I'd be like, Ian, Kelly just won. I need to go and see her. So I'd, I'd run off. <laughs> also, you got because they were so useless, you got angry shouting them, weren't you? Oh, the first oh. night was an absolute shambles. Really? Absolute oh. shambles. No, I've never seen anything like it. But um, yeah, it was it was like literally the best job you could yeah. ever dream of having. Weren't us back there, were you, Jenny? No, I wasn't us back there. But I don't think Ian does it any better. That's <laughs> Sorry, so my point was, when it comes to Olympics, I don't really look forward to things because the Olympics to me, it's like, almost like an overall yeah. experience. experience yeah. And like, you never know where the best bits are going to come from. Immersive. You, know? you can find yourself watching Oh, yes. Oh, God, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in London, just... when they had a horse dancing to oh, a tune, a sort of maca- what was, it? What was the song from it. Jungle, from Lion King? A tune, a Yeah, a horse dancing to that. That was amazing. I'm into all of it. 
of that. So I sit there and what you soak it up, don't you? But you that's what I love about up. the Olympics. I love like the, it's the, it's the triumphs over adversity stories, yeah. and and they don't have to come from athletics. It could no. be wrestling, you know. Anywhere. It's like Absolutely it's it's that's what I love about the Olympics because yeah. it means so much in comparison yeah. to right. to other things. And so going in. And also, it also means a bit too much sometimes. We yeah. were just talking about this before, how I sometimes love a Europeans more because yeah. I'm not so, like, yeah. emotionally caught up <laughs> in it. The one time I've cried the most in my entire life, bar none, not even close, was when <laughs> Kelly won her 800 metres. Really? I couldn't. Oh John Malk, John Malk called me yeah, and I okay. said to him, I can't, don't, no! And I'm like, oh. <laughs> It was an absolute mess. And so, because, because like it can mean that much, I'm not, I don't get sort yeah. of, so I'm going to love it when it comes, but I'm not going to get so like caught up. There's also happens. an arbitrary nature to it Absolutely, sometimes totally. where like the best people don't win and some random person oh, yeah. wins. And so when you've watched as many as we have, yeah. you can take a little step back and not get 100%. so emotionally yeah. involved because okay. there is a, a lot of luck involved as well. Oh, it's timing, isn't it? Yeah, like, totally. There'll be times I wake up in the morning, like, you know, 2020, I'll be like, Woof, it's Olympic year. And you remember, like, wow, the, the magnitude and the gravity that this year holds for any athlete. Because it only comes around every four years. You literally have to be ready. Yeah. If you pick up a really rubbish injury eight weeks before a Games, that's pretty much your Games out the window. And whether or not that opportunity comes around again, you never know. So the timing of it is just madness. Like, so... It, always holds weight with me. Well, we always say, you know, Paula Radcliffe doesn't have an Olympic gold medal, oh, but Paraskidi Petula do does. Yeah! You know? <laughs> but you, you talk about 2004 when Kelly took that opportunity yeah. and right at the right moment and she'd had loads of misfortune yeah. beforehand and she was in the shape at the right time. Of her life. It, at, exactly at, in that right week because oh even God. the rest of that season she hadn't been dominating. Yeah, it's just timing. And then Paula, who'd been domina dominating oh, like yes. no one <laughs> ever before in the marathon, that, and it just, the timing. And the burn. The burn of not actually getting that goal. It's like, there's just this little gap, isn't there? Like, yeah. Oh, God. So that that's why I can't, I don't let it build up too much in my head beforehand. Okay. Just, just one thing, and this isn't, I'm not like particularly fixed on this or anything, but one thing I did notice from the, from last year that I've really got a good feeling about this year is Karani James yeah. in the 400 metres. Because he came back last year, and he, I was surprised at how well he ran. Yeah. Yeah. Did he come fifth or Six? Something like yeah, that, you know, and we, we hadn't, yeah. I didn't even know he was going, you yeah, know, and you've got to remember he's only like 25 or something. He's been around. He was 18 when he won in 25, 26 or something, yeah. yeah. he's been really um, ill, hasn't he? Yeah, so yeah. the fact he came back last year ran really, really well, obviously a year too soon, I'd be really, really pleased if he came oh. back, because the 400 is a bit wishy-washy Who won, sorry, oh, Steve Gardner. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who won the Because it was all yeah. about Michael Norman, wasn't yeah, it? And, and then, then it was that's right curly. and Yeah. So it's nice to have a bit of consistency the yeah, events yeah, and yeah. somebody we can root for because when it's a random not that Stephen Gardner is particularly random because yeah. he's been around he's got medals before yeah. but it'd be nice to see him dominate and Karani come back and Steve Steve Norman Mike Norman, Mike Norman. be nice to see them all yeah. together competing but also you know what's better than a comeback story love yeah it. in athletics love you know? it adversity triumph so love that, it all that's, that's more than Karani. anything Sue. I know it's awful but like you can give me starving children and I'm fine you get someone like reaching, reaching their dreams like <laughs> 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 yeah
It's all about like, putting oh, that effort in and then that oh, finally getting there. That yeah, gets me every no, single time. Yeah, definitely. Okay, good stuff. Do you know, off the back of the Olympics, mm. you're gonna you're staying in Tokyo to do the Paralympics as I've well. I've come home. I've oh, been, you come I've home. been summoned home. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. You know, two kids and a husband. I've been told I've got to come home. So I'm back for two weeks and I'm back out for the Paris. Wow. So I'll be doing that for Channel 4. So ah, out right. for the Paralympics. And I know it clashes with the Euros. Right, yeah. Mm. So, unfortunately, I won't be at the Euros, I'll be at the Paralympics this year. Well, I mean, that's that's a great shout. Still and the Paralympics great, yeah. and Channel 4 do a great job of, yeah. of showcasing yeah. that. Um, we will be in Paris for the Europeans because we're not going to Tokyo because it's too important. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the Europeans. I'm almost looking forward to it more than the Olympics. I know that sounds silly. I find the Olympics slightly overwhelming sometimes, whereas, <laughs> for me, the Olympics is like going to, I don't know, Glastonbury. Yeah. I would hate Glastonbury. I've yeah. never been because too many people, too many choices. <laughs> You know, like, when you go shopping and there's yeah. 20, 70 different types of butter. It's like, just give me two choices. Then I'm happy. There's actually scientific research done into that. With people with more choices, I'm more miserable. Yeah. <laughs> that is exactly how I feel, feel about the uh, Olympics. And some, yeah. so, so sometimes, two weeks later, a Euro, nice, simple, five-day European championships yeah. where people who've done well at the Olympics can show off. People who did badly at the Olympics can um, avenge. Um, avenge themselves. People who exactly. didn't qualify for the Olympics. Yeah. Qualify, yeah. Um, so I do wonder, though, because... I, you know, it's so soon after the games, isn't it? And it's just, it does make you think, okay, who is actually going to go there and perform really well? And like you just said, it'll probably be those who didn't necessarily have the right time in, uh, but in Tokyo. you're not going to have to perform. If you've come off an Olympic gold medal, often some people might want to go. Yeah. Others can turn up and maybe you've had a few drinks a week before. The quality's not going to be the same, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you can almost do a victory lap, hopefully, yeah, there. You know? So I I'm, I'm, I love a European. But you do also know... After the games, literally the week after we get back from Tokyo, is a Diamond League in Birmingham. Of course, it's always, it's, it's always a Diamond League in Birmingham. Straight after oh the games, my is, God. It, is it on for two days? It's on for the day, just, just the Birmingham, London. So there's gonna, uh, everyone's gonna be flat. So, so gonna, flat yeah, because it's not even crazy. like it's not even. Doha was far enough to travel. Yeah. Like it's it's in Japan, totally Japan. like totally different yeah. time scales. You're gonna be, people are gonna be flying out before the Olympic. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. I think the Mets. Diamond League or the Golden League that I did after Olympic Games. <laughs> old Golden you know, they like, just because before that it was the what was it? I don't even know what the it was. The Golden League, the Diamond League, the oh, it's just a Grand Prix. It was yeah, called. Really? It had a different name as well. Just by calling it something that sounds more oh, important doesn't make it better. Doesn't make it better. But the, go- the golden league that I did after the Olympic Games, I think I ran eleven six. I was so tired. I was flat, and my coach said to me, "Don't you have any shame?" I'm like, I'm so I'm literally, my nervous system was in pieces. I'm like, I'm so tired, but you just turn up, don't you? So. Hopefully the Euros isn't like that, but you get well, some... Well, but also, if it is like that, it's fun because yeah. random people yeah. who yeah, will never true. expect to get a medal will get a medal. medal. And it's lovely for oh. people who maybe not at that level to yeah, have that medal because um, they work just as hard. Mm. So, it's yeah, and it's listen, it's an hour away as well in Paris, which is... Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's, that's, that's going to be really good fun. So we're looking forward to the Europeans. The one other big event this year is the, Euro- is the World Juniors. Mm. In Kenya. Kenya. First oh. time. Well, they had the World Youths there a few but years ago, which was amazing. Everyone loved yeah, it. Which is great. It's so important after Doha. I know there was a lot of complaints about the crowds. Mm-hmm. Justifiably, but I think we talked in depth about this. Not everywhere has the track and field culture that we have. They don't. Not everywhere is interested, has the finances, has the timing to go has to an athletic, all those things. Yeah. 
And we have to take it to those countries that don't have that. Yeah. Because what they didn't have in numbers over the beginning of the season, they more than made up for in enthusiasm and a demographic that we never see, never ever see crowd African crowds like that. cheering just, distance events. I loved it so much. And it they looks were amazing. Loud and they were enthusiastic and it was just so beautiful to watch. And look how it carried the African athletes. Yeah. Exactly. Look how it carried them. And I just thought this is this is this is perfect. It was such a good advert actually considering what happened earlier in the week. So that in Doha was just brilliant. And at a time when the Ida World Athletics um, and Diamond League are really try, trying their best to get rid of distance events because no one's interested in oh, them. It was just lovely. It was just There's a... I hesitate to say racism because it's not as deep as that, mm. but there is a... There is this assumption about who is and who isn't important as, as a fan. Mm. The majority of the Diamond League is in Europe... Yeah. And European people are not doing as well in distance races at the moment. And I'm sure that feeds into the the lack of popularity. But this is why we need to be spreading these events to other other territories. Because if I tell you, if you hold a Diamond League in Kenya, in Nigeria, in South Africa, in Ethiopia... It'll go off. It'll It'll go off. (laughs) Yeah, and you're only going to have sprint events, are you? I ran a race in Kenya in 2007. Um, It was like an exhibition-type race, and they really wanted to get some sprinters over to kind of show and stuff. And we held it in the National Stadium, and I had the best time in Nairobi. It was just amazing. And I'm like... This, they need more of this. What, 2007, what is that? Yeah. 13 years ago. So now we're here in a place where World Juniors is going to go there and I promise you, they will take to it like you wouldn't believe. Like, World Juniors in Jamaica, are you joking? 2002, I had yeah, the yeah. best time of my life. 40,000 people packed out that national stadium for a World Juniors. And I'm like, if you take it to... And Venetia won. Venetia oh. won! <laughs> I cried! <laughs> Right, Venetia. When Venetia won, and she beat, she beat Sanya. She beat Alison. What do we go on? Like it was the most amazing time. But it just shows you take it to the Caribbean, take it to Africa, take it to places where you wouldn't normally think that these things work, and it does. So I'm so excited to see what Kenya can do for Junior. Can I just very quickly explain to the viewers out there maybe don't know who we're talking oh, about? Oh, sorry. <laughs> we're talking about the, the, the great Venetia James, yeah. who was um, a British junior athlete from the early noughties, so like nearly mm. 20 years ago now. Yeah. She won the World Junior Championships in 2002 in Kingston, Jamaica, mm-hmm. beating Alison Felix, beating Sanya Richards. And for one reason or another, she got in the team, she went to the Olympics, etc. didn't she? No, she no, she she Olympics. But she no. certainly, she certainly she went to some, yeah, yeah, yeah. some, some yeah. senior championships. But for one reason or another, which we won't get into, it just didn't happen for her she didn't mm. sort of make it out of the juniors really um and we still see her about some every now yeah. and then bump into her um really really lovely girl but she's just kind of the one that got away she's the dina yeah yeah 100 percent. that's a good point and i think she ran 29 three yeah 29 three in jamaica so again you know like loads of lovely stories can be told you know and the world juniors does that we've had some great world junior champions from the uk so i'm really hoping that when this comes around in kenya Again, the, you know, the young team use the opportunity to just go for it. Um, we, as we just spoke to John about some athletes we're looking forward to, and Max Bergen is one of those people who, unfortunately, we didn't get to see his full potential last year. He won the tri- under twenty trials in one forty-five thirty-six. 
17 years old and then got injured and didn't go to the Europeans, yeah. but we still won gold, silver, bronze at the yeah. European juniors. He's still a junior this year. Wow. So he's someone we definitely have to keep okay. an eye on. And the other junior this year, who I don't think got enough attention, Agreed. Amy Hunt. I mean... 22-42. Third Phoenix. best British person ever, ever. after yeah. Kathy and Dean, right? Because yeah. um, Joe's yeah. on 46. Yeah. Yeah. Amy shoots up, so Amy goes into third. I third! Third, 22-42. I think it's really hard because at the moment we're having this mad women's sprint. Yes. Crazy madness that never existed when I was around. So I, I think it's really hard for Amy to kind of penetrate. But you know what, guys? In a way... Good. Probably. 100% agree. It's probably a good thing. Because she could have, off of the lack of running that time and winning the European Juniors, tried to go to the to the World oh, Championships. So, so. Yeah. Um, I think that was the plan. Well, originally, and then I think there was something about she couldn't... She, oh, did she? Because there was also some talk about her not being allowed to run the trials because she wasn't old enough or something. No, I don't think that's true. Okay. I think, I think, I don't know. I don't know her very well. I'd like to get to know her, obviously, but I think that she got injured. But um, even if she'd yeah. been able to go to Doha and yeah. just having, she'd be a, a much more well known. Yeah. But I yeah. think keep it under the oh, no, radar no, it's fine. It's good. because it's that twenty two forty two, we don't expect her yeah. to be running that every no, no, week. No, 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 we don't good. expect oh, her to oh, run twenty two two this nice. year or sub twenty two or whatever yeah, the stupid yeah. expectations. Just people. That if she gets yeah. under twenty three next year because she's what seventeen. She was, is she only seventeen last year? Yeah, I don't think yeah. she's. I think she's, she's seventeen. Still though, isn't yeah. She? Oh my god. <laughs> So, and okay. I mean, every I know we say this, everyone's every white girl who's a sprinter ever says she's like the new Kathy Cook, but she really is like the new Kathy Cook. <laughs> we, 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 we had Amy Spencer, didn't we? Yeah. Well, oh God, we're really going back. Yeah. Let's, um, let's fingers crossed for her because, again, she's in a really crowded space at the minute with the girls. It's going to be so competitive this season. A lot of the girls have made some changes, like Daryl. Nita, she had a good season last year. She wants to go better, of course. She's gone to America ah. to train. So there's been a bit of movement. And I think a lot of girls... Are and Bianca's saying, pregnant. Bianca's pregnant. Ah. Bianca Williams is pregnant. I went to go and see her. Rubber bump and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, it's good to see that... Actually, you know what? Um, she's positive, Bianca. She won't mind me saying at all. And I think that we had a really good chat. It was just after Doha because she saw those women that done so well having kids and coming back. Mm. So... You know, she's really positive about that. And I think on the, with the women sprinters, having Dina mm. as that role model, oh as God. that person there who shows you that it can be done, and also being someone who's approachable and friendly and chatty, and like you don't hear. I don't. I don't. We, we've talked about the relays and the dramas <laughs> that have gone before, but the girls now yeah. seem to, even if they do have individual problems, and I'm not saying they do. They put it behind them and yeah, they get together for that relay yeah. team. And the relay in Doha, when they literally changed all the all the places at the last minute, and to still run that fast and to get the silver medal, yeah. um, there's so much more potential yeah. there. And all the other girls are going to want to step up and be running under 11. Yeah, you have so, to. Yeah. If you want to be the best, then you have to. And for them, the, the vicinity of Dina being so close and so local and British... Like, she hasn't got two heads. So yeah. these girls are now looking and saying, okay, right, we've, we've, we've got to get her out together. But I thought it was so good, so kind of mature that Imani decided, like, yeah. I, I don't feel great, I'm going to pick myself up. Because before, people would have, they would have had a row in the tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you yeah. can tell us all about that, Jeanette. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. But, um, yeah, Imani, um, an unbelievably mature decision at such a young age as well, where she just said, you know what, I've got, I've got to park this and let the girls go ahead and do it. And, you know, I, I spoke to Moni at length after and she just said, 
you know, the, the, the picture is so much bigger mm. than that particular moment. Yes, yeah, she was absolutely gutted and you know, it's painful to kind of see, you know, the girls do what they did, but proud at the same time. So you're quite conflicted. But, you know, it's, it's a big, mature decision. And that's what we're seeing with the girls. Real mature, young sprinters who get it. Mm. So I'm so excited for what they've got coming up. And I'm sure that Amy Hunt can probably add to that pool of sprinters. Imagine how I like <gasps> My God. <laughs> I had the girls on in Doha for gold, the sprint girls. I did as well. well. I had them on for gold. Um, and Mark Butler, who yeah. is like the statistician of that all guy. statisticians, yeah. he's, um, he doesn't do social media, but he always sends everyone a Christmas card and he sent me a Christmas card and inside he always says his predictions for the year. Yeah. He's got gold in Tokyo. He's for the British. Really? He said if we can be that close to um, Jamaica. Jamaica with all that mess that went on yeah. beforehand um, and obviously the girls are getting better. Ashley's back in the team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Daryl and... Um, Daryl, Imani. Imani are yeah. so young still yeah. and getting better. Yeah. Listen. That's giving me goosebumps. Because also Jamaica, yes, they had Shelly Ann. They, they had a funny old team. Oh, <laughs> well, that's, what I, that's, that's my concern, I was going to say. They're, they're, we had some trouble, but their team was yeah, weird. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. So, yeah but even so, but, let's, but, speed, but, but, but do they have the other two? That's the other thing, isn't it? Do they have the other two mm, runners yeah, to make up? They yeah. don't quite have the... Um, they don't have the thought. depth they did no. have on the men's side as well. Gosh, it's exciting, isn't it? <laughs> so let's see. Let's see if it can, if it can come to fruition. Um, just, just very quickly talking mm-hmm. about Kenya and the World Juniors, yes. we might be able to go for a couple of days. Amazing. Yeah. Just randomly, we might be in Kenya. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. when, what, have, you, have you sorted out your diary? When, is it, when does it fall into so all it's this on the, it chaos? starts on the 9th of... So I have, I have to be in Sweden July. on the 10th. So it's an, starts on the 7th, uh-huh. the Tuesday. Of July. Okay. And we might be in Kenya with our mum. So oh! we, I might be able to get a couple of first two days of the World Juniors in, which would be amazing. That would be so good. Okay. You can take me with you. Okay, so date. Thanks. You have to ask your husband though. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm at quota. <laughs> <laughs> when are you off to, you're off to the Olympics right before then? Yes, I'll be, I'll be Olympics 18th. So right. it's just after. I might be yeah. able to kind of slide it in. But we'll see how it goes. But like I say, it's a, it's a chaotic season, but one I'm looking forward to. Hi, I'm Holly Bradshaw and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. There's a lot to be thinking of. Um, starting very soon, so get, get your heads it's in all, gear. It's already started, isn't it's it? It's already started. Yeah. Um, we will um, obviously be reporting throughout the year definitely from the trials, definitely from the Europeans, maybe from the World Juniors. We'll be chatting to Jeanette when she's in um, Tokyo, I'm sure. Um, and we'll be continuing having lots of guests and interviews and specials um, on the Backstreet Boys in 2020. It's a new decade. 2020. Yay! <laughs> thanks, guys. Um, so a big thanks to Jeanette. A big thanks to John Malk. We'll yeah. be back very, very soon with our number one backstreet girl um, Claire <laughs> in the meantime thanks ever so much and we're back we're back for the new year um, if you want to chat to us on social Instagram is oh I've no idea <laughs> um, backstreet boys podcast backstreet boys podcast is Instagram um, Twitter backstreet b at backstreet b, yeah. back, back b. Um, so do engage with us let us know what you think of having Jeanette on today let us know what you're looking forward to with this crowded season that's coming up. And of course, we'll be in touch and chatting with you very soon. So thanks for listening, guys, and Happy New Year. Yay. Bye-bye. Bye. Olympic year. Yay.